you said something that really touched me, which was that you thanked, you thanked little, little Shay. <laughs> little Shay. Yeah. Because now I'm a modified version of that really authentic three-year-old that existed. You know, before school and kids and being bullied and all of that, that, that three-year-old was fierce and fearless and just so dynamic. And I lost a lot of that light going through mm -hmm. a lot of experiences yeah. and life. And um, I've had to hold tight onto that true blue individual that would go in and put on mama's bathing suit and right. be like, hey, <laughs> hey. All right, so I picked that as this week's clip of the week because I felt like, I mean, I've heard, I've heard, I've felt that sentiment before, that idea that there is this authentic self as a child that we have, and then over the years it kind of gets worn down by school and things we learn from our families and things we just pick up from being in society. And so it's like a, it's a, it's a sentiment I've heard before, but what stood out to me is I feel like drag is this opportunity, drag is this really visceral opportunity to rediscover that self, to rediscover that sense of play and creation and even like fierceness, so to speak, um, that a like completely, I don't want to say uh, unaware, but unaffected child would have. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. I, you know, one of the sentences I wrote down while watching this episode and kind of realizing not just the theme of the episode, but almost like the thesis of the season was when you don't know who you are or how to be who you are. And that's all I wrote down because mm. I feel like I feel like all of these queens are people to look at or have stories to tell when when you don't know who you are or how to be who you are. And they all have something to add to that conversation. And Shay's. Um, her her untucked monologue for the clip of the week just speaks to that right that you know there's there's a fierceness when you're a child that gets worn down that gets lost and and you need a a beacon or you need a as Rue would put it a GPS system to try to figure out back to who you are and where you are and I think about that show that she loves also um, Westworld right where we're mm -hmm. constantly trying to find ourself over and over and over almost every day yeah and i mean and we learn we learn shame you know even though shame is this incredibly like universal thing that really unless you're a total sociopath everybody experiences shame um, and i quote Brene brown on that that's not my own uh, professional opinion but it, i think there's a lot of truth in in making that distinction um, and yet we all learn how to be ashamed or what to be ashamed of on our own journeys, you know? And yeah. of course, for gay people, for little, you know, feminine boys, for anyone who stands out or, you know, whatever sort of gender identity you find yourself at at whatever age, you know, there's, there's the learning of the shame. But then at a certain point, what happens in adulthood is is you're not given the opportunity, but is seeking out the opportunity to unlearn the shame, is seeking out the opportunity to change that storyline. And it's a shit ton of work. But I think you're right. I think that we we saw that in Peppermint's journey. We saw that in Sasha's journey. I mean, even Shay talking about it, it's like unlearning all of those things that told you that your unique identifiers are the problem when they're in fact the solution. 
Right. I mean, I didn't necessarily see that in Sasha's journey. I saw the product of the work. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I think that she is very much more so the product of that work. I think Peppermint, we certainly, I would say more so in the later part of the season, we see more of that. We see her coming out about that. And, and certainly this last episode, I think there was, I think this last episode was more about Peppermint than it was about any of the other queens. Yeah, that's absolutely true because we were all looking at Peppermint mm -hmm. almost kind of waiting for her to falter because she was the one with the least amount of wins. She was the one, you know, that kind of came into the top four, you know, having lip synced a couple of times. So, yeah, I mean, she was the one I did not expect. I mean, <laughs> from the beginning, people thought she was, we thought go she was going home. Yeah. yeah. And we thought she, last week we called her going home. I mean. Yeah. I don't know. I, I did not think she was going to do top four, but I guess it totally makes sense. A, with season nine. Mm -hmm. And then I also have some thoughts on why it's a top four later. But um, yeah, I it, it was all it was hers to lose. And she fucking delivered. Well, I mean, that's the thing is like this this episode. I mean, she really and, and I felt this way, like knowing it was going to be this kind of challenge. I was like, this is like this is the thing that Peppermint does like you know, I mean, there are certain queens where the thing they do is the thing they fail at. And other queens right. have talked about that. I think Katya said, that's the weird thing about Drag Race is the stuff you're really good at, you end up just completely fucking up. And the stuff that you've never done before, you end up completely excelling. It's just this weird, like, hypocrisy or whatever about doing Drag Race. But, right. I mean, she she proved that, like, she knew exactly what she was doing and she brought it to this episode. Oh, God. Oh, my God. P to the E to the PPE. You all know the rest. Oh. I just died. Oh, I, I know. Died. I know. You know, what I like about it is, you know, Peppermint is so sweet and so congenial and so charismatic. But when she brings some attitude, it's just so refreshing because you just don't see it. And so oh, much the... like a Peppermint. Huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, exactly. Oh, isn't that an appropriate name? Isn't that a well-chosen name? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I guess we should get right to it. What do you think? Yeah, what do, what do we listen to Colin why don't we tell our listeners what they're listening to well they are listening to another episode of All Right Mary All Right Mary All Right Mary which is our podcast dedicated to all things drag race the world of drag race and the paradigm that RuPaul has created with this little TV show and I'm Colin oh yes and I'm Johnny and today we are continuing our recap of season nine the final challenge of the season I don't even remember what the name of the episode was did it have a name? Uh, Final Four countdown? I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, oh my Gaga. <laughs> uh, draggly Ever After. Yeah, right? Um, your makeup is terrible. What was, in any event, it was... Uh, category is? Category is. That's run right. Way, run, 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 way, run, run, yeah. And I think it's fair to say that this episode was completely and totally keen to capture the huge success of Riju Rochu from All-Stars 2. Okay, very fair. Yeah, no, and, and, it, and it totally delivered. Uh, yes. I loved it. Yes. I loved it. I love that they weren't rapping live, first mm -hmm. of all. They were lip-syncing to themselves, which totally makes sense. They're drag queens. Yep. Um, not that drag queens can't sing or rap live, but whatever. Um, it just made sense for this show. Because, um, you know, they want it to be successful. At the end of the day, they want the queens to be successful. Yeah. Like, Roxy, Roxy wouldn't she would have gone on had she not totally fucked up her rap in all stars too you mean that she would have gone on to like to win to be in the top oh three? no no like she, it, 
I don't think she. Oh, that's right. That's right. No, because they like eliminated her first. Yeah. Right. Rue had to step in and be like, "All right, listen. No one else had the balls to do it. I need to send well, you home." Yeah. Yeah. And she probably would have stayed to lip sync. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, I think, I think to your point, like they, especially this like final four challenge, it just doesn't make any sense to have a queen have one queen be spectacularly terrible in the same way you might see in an earlier challenge. Well, Roxy's was not great. I think there's something kind of cult iconic about it. I think like the subreddit, like they sort of appreciate it in the same way they appreciate like rectangle girls in the world. Yeah. I mean, no, you know, I, I will say I was reading, um, was it AV club? Mm-hmm. Uh, and they brought up a really good point that they could have, instead of having a four person lip sync, which is always so anticlimactic and you're not really seeing much. They could have, they could have named two, to go into the finale and then had two others lip sync to get the third spot yeah yeah no certainly that would have been really interesting and if that were the case if they were to do that who do you think would be the shoe-ins and who would have to fight for the third spot it would have been shay and peppermint based on this week it mm-hmm. would have been shay and peppermint in the top and then sasha and trinity would have had to lip sync against each wow now that would have been extreme because though I mean, sasha we've never seen lip sync before but we know she's got really interesting skills and trinity we know is an assassin yeah but you know i think we talked about this early on like in predictions like my feeling was that if sasha ever had to lip sync it would either be amazing or tragic depending on the type of song you know um if it was if it was this song what was it uh oh if it was this uh oh uh you wear it well um i don't know she said she looked good doing it she was doing really well i mean i have to say like sasha we did not really get to see lip sync at all until this episode i mean obviously we've seen her off the show do it but she was excellent i mean in terms of that final number she was my favorite excellent in the final number oh like i just want a gif of her like crawling out yes yes like like the girl from the ring she's giving me ring realness i mean (laughs) it's unbelievable like i just yeah anyway we will we will get to that number uh we should we should dive on in uh now you had said before we started recording and we should just we should just preface before we dive in you didn't feel like this was a particularly strong episode you know what? I thought that the performance was really, really strong. Like that, whatever five minutes or however long it was, was absolutely stunning. Mm-hmm. Like I, we watched it together yesterday morning, and I remember, like I was applauding. It was so good. I wanted to watch it again, like right after, but you know, I kept going. But um, yeah, it was great. I was underwhelmed by the runway. Mm-hmm. I was underwhelmed by the stuff leading up to it because I just felt it was so produced. They, there was nothing, nothing seemed authentic. They all seemed like they were all going to do fine. And from hours and hours of footage, they picked the times that Trinity stumbled and that Sasha stumbled. And, you know, I just, it didn't seem like there was any suspense. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I wasn't, I don't know, there wasn't that many funny moments. Uh I guess there were, but only some. No, I agree. And, I, yeah. I no. I didn't feel like, I mean, I guess some of it's retrospective, you know, but like looking back on the episode, but even watching it the first time, like there were no, the stakes just weren't that high. I mean, the challenge seemed really difficult. Like there was a lot they had to do, but I think because. Oh, they, it was a hard challenge. There's yeah, no question. 
but it was like I think they're all really talented queens, and so anytime we saw them stumble, I was kind of like, well, I mean, like for example, and obviously we'll get to this, but like when they're doing the rehearsals of like the choreography, it's like okay, at first Trinity was just like not getting it, but it's like we've spent this entire season seeing Trinity get stuff that she didn't and we didn't think she'd get. So right. and and she's, they're all top four are professionals. They're not going to get in their heads and sabotage themselves. Not at that was point. the main test. That was mm -hmm. the main test. And you know, not for nothing, but like for those rehearsals to learn the choreography, like they have hours. It's yeah. like a six-hour rehearsal. Like we see thirty seconds to a minute of their rehearsal segment. Right, and they're only going to choose the stuff and, that and tells the, a story. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and I guess it's like when you look back and you look at the final performance, it's like I'm not discrediting the amount of work I'm sure these queens put in. Oh, but it was like they did. I mean, they it only confirmed what we've been watching all season. I mean, these are like I think it's fair to say that this is definitely in terms of like a top four for different reasons. One of the strongest, you know, final, you know, finalists of a season that we've seen. I, I can't think of another one where it was like because at this point. I could see – I don't know if I fully see Peppermint winning, but I see a valid reason for each of them winning. Yeah, and I'll – I mean, I can get into it now. But, like, there's they, there's four very iconic types of drag yeah. that she shows that are perfect, mm -hmm. right? Perfect examples. You have the classic drag in Peppermint. You have the pageant girl. You have, like, the forward-thinking drag – and then you have like the fashionista, almost fish drag in mm -hmm. Shay. Yeah. And, you know, it's RuPaul just kind of showing different types of drag and different stories and the stories that these, uh, these, you know, boys and girls bring to the table. I shouldn't say boys and girls, I should say people bring to the table um, within these facets of expression. And uh, I don't know why I got to that point, but. Uh, oh, in terms of who they're going to crown. Yeah, it could go to anybody. It mm -hmm. really could go to anybody. I think Rue is uh, – she listens to the fans because uh, obviously, you know, they did record uh, the finale already. Yeah. Um, but do you have uh, – here's my question. Do you have tea from the Reddit? I mean, there was a spoiler on Reddit. Please don't give it. But, like, is it really bad? It's a pretty significant spoiler. So it's a significant spoiler, but how do we – how do we know that that's the crown? Did they spoil the crown winner? Uh, I don't. I feel like if I say anything, like, cause I, I feel like if I were to give any real spoilers, maybe I save it towards the end, cause I don't want anyone to like. I get it if you like don't want anything spoiled. I, I didn't want anything spoiled. I went on Reddit expecting just to kind of see, you know, conversations about this episode, and like the first thing I saw was like spoilers about the finale, and I was just like, so was it was it like the pheromone screenshot? No, it was just, I mean, it was just like people who were there who saw what happened and saw what went down at the finale. And so, um, oh. yeah, it's just, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely, it was a significant, not a hundred percent spoiler, but a significant spoiler. Um, and I would say Mary's, if you want to know what the spoiler is, either you can go to Reddit, um, because I don't know all the details, but I know enough of them. Or you could, of course, you could send us a direct message at all right, Mary on Twitter, or you could email us at all right, Mary podcast at gmail.com. I'll be happy to share what I know. Um, but it, you know, I don't know at this point, like if you could avoid the spoilers, like this was definitely like one of the most spoiled seasons, not just for me. I mean, yes, for me, but like in general, like the Reddit kind of agrees, like this was the most spoilers they've ever had. 
And at the same time, there's been the sentiment of, I don't know, season nine was different. I just didn't really feel it. It's like, well, maybe because we, we knew everything that was going to happen, you know? Mm, okay. I mean, there's some correlation. So, uh, yes. So there, I do have spoilers. I won't say anything more because I don't want to ruin anyone's listening experience, but they exist. Well, maybe we should talk about this episode and kind of talk about each queen and how they did in each part of the episode in, as opposed to, like, linearly. Yeah, I mean, because linearly, I mean, I don't have, like, I mean, I took notes, but, like, I was just like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, that was fine. Oh, yeah, that was fine. Um, but yeah. I mean, I basically wrote down when RuPaul's thesis kind of pops in. Sure. So let's, because I, I feel like there's more to say about, like, as I said before, I think Peppermint, this was really much more about her. So maybe we save her. Let's um, let's talk about Shay. You want to start talking about Shay and how she did through yes. this episode? And then we'll kind of get into runway looks and all that stuff. Um, sure. She had that like twister wrap type of uh, fast, fastness yeah. with the yes. lore. So, oh, yeah. 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 I, I still can't. Like, I just watched that episode again like a few hours ago and I still can't remember his name. It just sounds like an anagram of Sasha Valore. Um, oh. Lore. No, uh, if you don't look how it's spelled, it's easier to, to remember. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about Shay. We'll talk about the rap, which, yeah, was, I mean, when she started, even though she was, like, still just getting her sea legs and, like, getting, like, you know, the speed right, I was like, oh, and you can do this. God. Right. <laughs> I mean. Right. Right, right. Like, she... I mean, it wasn't even that she was able to rap. It was that she wrote that rap, too. Well, sure, right? I mean, like, that this was, like, she came up with this and that she... There was, like, a, just a naturalism to it. Like, she just... I mean, where we were watching Sasha and Trinity kind of, like, figure out how to find... Even Peppermint try to, like, find who they were in this rap and how they wanted to sound and how they were presenting it. Like, Shay knew immediately who she wanted to be. Yeah. And how she wanted to sound. And that was really, um, I would say, consistent. I mean, consistent with what we've seen with Shay all season is that she she just has a really strong point of view, which I, I feel like I've heard a lot of people say about, like, designers on Project Runway, about drag queens, and, like, not really knowing what that means. But I think when I say Shay has a strong point of view, I just it's similar to Sasha where it's, like, she knows who she is and she knows what she wants to do. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that, I think that's kind of been her the whole, the whole, the whole series, right? Yeah, the whole season. Yeah, because yeah. even when she, you know, quote unquote, and they keep bringing this up like it was a big deal, like when she stumbled on the makeover challenge. It's like, well, I have seen bigger stumbles. Let's yeah. be fair. I've seen worse makeovers by far. Sure, sure. Uh, not to mention uh, Jocelyn Fox. Well. You know, and she had a lot of strikes against her at that point. You know, I'm always going to stand up for my little black horse, the competition. Keep it boxing. Womp womp. Um, so then, of course, uh, we – and I felt like all of these what's the tea interviews, these fantasy what the, what the tea interviews. Well, because Rue – I mean, maybe Rue is in drag because I know she does it like when they're on break. So sure. maybe maybe Rue is in drag for some of these what's the tea episodes, but like – no, Rue's, Rue's in her boy clothes when she does these episodes, right? Like, I. Yeah, if they're recording during the season and they're like taking a break, you know. They're in a like, dressing room. Yeah. yeah, sure. Then in that case, like, I'm sure she's got like some of her drag on and sweatpants, you know? And, but I mean, it's just, it's this sort of like, I don't know. Yeah, when I really think about what, what they look like doing What's the Tea, I'm like, oh, uh uh. 
Nah, uh none of this. Yeah, it, of it this. is a fantasy fantasy what's the tea podcast, for right? Sure. I mean, I do love that it's like a little segment there. They get to plug the same promoters, right? Squatty potty. They get to you know plug the the shit out of it. Yeah, wah wah. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that was a weird, you know, Sister Mary Shane, she messaged us on Twitter about that. She's like, what's with the Squatty Potty plugs? And it was, I mean, it was a very nice look on Squatty Potty. It was a nice piece of bathroom furniture. I'll give them that. But was it wood? Was it actually wood? Or was it like plastic made to look like wood? No, I think it's, um, isn't that teak? I feel like they've talked about that on the, oh when they promoted it. It's like, the, you know, it comes in teak. And I think that's what that is. Um, th- this could be like a kitchen situation again, where we are just completely wrong. <laughs> like, right. Oh, right, can we just right. like pause sidebar? I just want to say thank you to all of the Marys because we. This is probably like the most responses we've ever gotten on one topic. Oh, I'm so thankful. Yeah, so of thankful. all the Marys who came out, it was like, listen, not for nothing, but like, you have no idea what a kitchen is. Like, I know, I know. We put it out to the world. Someone tell yeah. us, and and everyone came back, and I. It was just like. It was one of the elements of doing this podcast that I love the most. It's like, oh, I can learn things from these people. Like the, the amount of shit I've learned from our listeners. Yeah, was- yeah. I mean, not that they have any obligation to teach us. I mean, no. we should be looking this stuff up. But, you know, if it's getting a conversation started, if it makes people feel part of the conversation, like I'm all for it. Sure. It's easy enough to Google, but I'd love to have a conversation instead. Um, so, yeah. So thank you to everyone who came out and like gave us an education. Um but anyway, uh, yes. So this could. I, I. What are we talking about? Teak, teak, squatty potties. This could be uh, the same yeah, thing. Yeah, let's move on. Let's yeah, I'm happy to move on from squatty potties. I. I mean, just to kind of mention overall about the what's the tea uh, segments. I um. I didn't. I don't know. I. I guess I just didn't feel like I connected with any of them, or like learned very much about them. And maybe it's because these queens have been sharing so much this season and there's been so much social justice corner that I didn't really have anything else to learn or like connect with. I mean, I learned a bit more about Peppermint. You know what? I did, I did get, I did connect, not necessarily connect, but saw a little bit more of Trinity when Trinity felt the lack of closure. And then Rue was like, Oh, she would definitely forgive you. There was, there was a a very tender moment there that I wasn't expecting with Trinity, but Mm. that's Trinity. We could talk about Trinity. We're we're not talking about Shay. We're talking about about Shay. She was talking about how she didn't fit in with the black kids. She didn't fit in the white kids. And so she found herself and where she belonged and got her armor in drag, which I think is, again, if we're going to talk about RuPaul's thesis, like when you don't know who you are or how to be who you are, here's this story. Yeah. Yeah. And we've talked about, you know, drag as armor so many times. And so it's interesting when a queen actually comes out and says it. Yeah. And who knows if Shay learned that term from the show. Right. Right. Well, I mean, Shay, you know, one of the things, the, the, the impressions I got from her is that Shay is, um, she's a very, I don't, and I don't mean this like in a bad way, but at, in terms of like RuPaul's brand, in terms of how to connect with Ru and how to even play this game, she's a very apt pupil. Like Shay's really smart. And so she kind of, I think that she's very perceptive of how to communicate with Ru and like what Rue is trying to the message that she's trying to push and, and the stories that she's trying to push and I just think that Shay similar to someone like Bob the drag queen she's aware of that and she's on board with it you know what I mean right like she kind of also sees the producer talking to her totally and she like I feel like in the talking heads Shay there were many moments where I was like oh 
you are giving a sound bite. You're like a producer's dream. You're just giving them sound bites. And yeah. it's not a bad yeah. thing. She just knew that she was also making a TV show. And Right. And and the same with, I mean, Bianca too gave great sound bites, right? It was yeah, exactly. And knew how to talk about, talk to other queens and help other queens and be a part of like a brand, be a part of a bigger story mm-hmm. for sure. And Shay tried to do that with Nina. Um, you know, we found that maybe, maybe Shay wasn't the Bianca for Nina, but yeah. Tried. Well, and and Nino was not the Trinity K. Bonet for for Shay. Right. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. goes both ways. Um, and then of course we're going to talk about Shay and the choreography. Which oh my god, when he was like, "Can you do your pirouette?" She's like, "Yes." Mm-hmm. Can you do a double pirouette? Yes. Can you do a triple pirouette? I can try. I was like, "Work!" Right, right. It was like, of course you can. You know, and and it's again, it's just one more thing. That, like Shay. She's such an interesting – I guess we would just kind of think about not just Queens of Season. I've said this from the beginning. She is a dancer. Mm-hmm. You know, rhythm is, rhythm is a dancer, and so is Shea Coulee. Yeah, I mean, she can certainly shake a leg, Shea Coulee, and she oh. – Oh, right. <laughs> uh, but when I think about, like, Shay in terms of, like, a drag race queen, in terms of in the canon of the queens, you know, I mean, it's – she's definitely – I mean, when I think about, like, I can't think of many others who are as well-rounded as she is, you know? Uh, that's Yes, I totally agree. I totally agree. Yeah, well-rounded in the sense of, like, comedy, performance, banter, personality, story, dancing, lip-syncing, fashion, mm-hmm. artistic kind of perspective. Sure. Right. And, like, you know— But character. you know what? I will say this. As she is a, uh, a you know, a queen of all trades— I still feel like Sasha, because Sasha has so much focus in her perspective and why she does drag and who she is as a drag queen, it's so much stronger for me. Whereas Shay's great at everything, but like at like 80%. Mm-hmm. Whereas whereas Sasha has like a hundred percent, you know, personality or, or, or perspective and art artistry, and then everything else is, you know, lower than eighty. Sure, I see what you mean. And, like, let's, let's talk about Sasha because I think that she um, – I agree. I, I, as much as I, I love Shay and I think that she killed this, this season and killed this competition, I think when we think about at this point, we have four different types of queens, four different representations of drag, four different things that could be done with the crown, so to speak. I mean, which is – you know, queens can accomplish things with and without the crown. We know that. Yeah. But yeah. there's sort of a symbolism. Jasmine Masters, thank Ex- you. Exactly, exactly. There's really a symbolism to, like, winning the crown. I mean, Sasha, like, I mean, let's just go. And to, money. Like, let's not forget. And well, money. the money doesn't hurt. Yeah. Uh, it certainly helps fund things. And, um, I mean, when we look at, like, Sasha in terms of, like, the rap and the lyrics that she was bringing, I mean. Oh, my God. They were, I mean, whereas Shays were great. And I was like, oh, wow, you're, like, definitely entertaining me. You're definitely, like. I'm impressed. I'm like all, like all great, you know, excellent tens across the board, you know. Sasha, there were some 11s and 12s in there because it was just like, oh, and you're saying new things. You're saying new things about drag. You're saying new things with what you want to do with drag. Even your rap is different. You know what I mean? Like, and is on brand because when you look at Sasha Ballor, you don't think of a rapping queen. And yet it was like it worked perfectly. Like she knew how to even do that on brand you know 
Right. I mean, that's one thing I loved about Sasha this whole season is that everything that she did, she didn't stop her perspective. Yeah. Even yeah. even even the lackluster runway at the end, the pretty in pink, mm -hmm. it was I mean, it wasn't it wasn't this glamorous, big, huge reveal. It was just her. Yeah. It was just her. And she just insisted upon it the entire season, which was refreshing. Yeah. Really refreshing. Yeah. I mean, I think it was an, that interesting moment when she says to Todrick, she's like, but I'm this kind of queen. Yeah. Right. You she know? didn't wear a, she didn't wear a wig once. I mean, she. Well, she did. Um, a couple of times she did, but for the most part, she didn't. Like the, the okay. White when look, did she? The white runway, she wore a wig. Um, and then of course the the makeover challenge, she and Duncan. Um, oh. But okay. she definitely, I mean, what was I stand corrected, Mary. That's, you know, that's all right. Uh, the Rain Man of Drag Race over here. Uh, when I, I think what's interesting, though, is even when she did wear the wigs, like there was still something else that was sort of signature about her, whether it was the eyebrows or it was mm -hmm. just like the facial expression she was making or just like the body language. There were it's interesting. It's similar to someone like Katya who they said the same thing about is no matter both in more so in all stars two than in season seven but true of both is that no matter the challenge and no matter how varied it was katya knew how to somehow inject her point of view into what she was doing right. and it wasn't just with one factor it wasn't just with one element it wasn't just the look or just a voice there was always something in there that was like that carol burnett ear tug that reminded you that this was katya and i think sasha does that as well as, and in some ways, if not even better than Katya does. Yeah, and you know, yes, um, I want to move on to talk about Sasha's uh, podcast and her recording and stuff. It, I feel like the producers struggled to find what to put forth for Sasha because they wanted to edit her so that it looked like she was struggling in this episode. Mm -hmm. And I think they struggled to do that. I mean, they, they certainly... Certainly, she got read during the recording with Todrick, but it all looked very produced, right? It was like Todrick knew to kind of push her. Sasha also didn't falter. She's like, well, this is the kind of drag that I do. This right. is me. Um, and even when she was on the podcast, they were like, what were your missteps? She's like, well, 90210, like the one episode I was on the bottom, I didn't lip sync at all. Yeah. You know, and then, of course, she talks about her life missteps, which was you know, beautiful how she uses drag to express himself and her mother, his mother kind of missed seeing that. Um, right. Yeah. But, uh, and then he got a squatty potty too. Um, <clears throat> but, <laughs> yeah. but uh, in terms of Sasha uh, throughout the season, I mean, she just was never edited in a, in a, in a poor light. I, I just think that they, they couldn't find anything when she was off brand. Yeah, well, you know, we talked about Sasha early on. I mean, obviously, we've been we've been Team Sasha, you know, certainly cheering for her from the beginning. But there was that feeling of, like, is she going to get kind of a milk edit? Is she going to be seen as too weird? Or, you know, which I think was the only potential way they could have edited her was that Sasha – I mean – what were they going to do? Like they were going to edit her to be too like socially sensitive. I mean, that's what this whole season was about. She was perfect for a season full of social justice corners and talking about issues in the workroom before the runway, like having that theme and, and speaking to all of these issues that affect the gay community. I mean, almost every single time there was the requisite talking head of Sasha giving us some education, you know? And I think that 
they couldn't really edit her to look bad because she was exactly what they needed. I mean, oh, she was promoting the brand of of RuPaul, self saboteur, social justice, and then again, I mean, when RuPaul said it this episode, it was like a big, huge flashing light for me when she says, you know, there are kids that watch this show that need a GPS system mm-hmm. to, to, to get through things. And that's when it hit me. I'm like, well, that's why, that's why this season has been this way. That's why this season has been RuPaul's best friend race, right? Like mm-hmm. it's a, uh, it's, it's, here's the quote, GPS system for our young brewers as they try to navigate their lives. And this is why I think there's a social justice corner every week. Why there's less drama. Why is there's this focus on positivity and less on hate? Why we see resolutions of arguments all of a sudden. Yeah. And why we see queens talking to each other like they're people. Why Aja wasn't just a train wreck. Why we see her apologize. Mm-hmm. even though she's a young queen, because they weren't showing that stuff before. And a lot of reality television, and not just reality television, but a lot of television, we don't see peace. Mm-hmm. We don't see resolution. We don't see people having dialogue and seeing each other eye to eye. And I know RuPaul is feeling in the world, especially during this season when it was like height of election season, I know that she was feeling like she needed to help help the gay community help help people feel mm-hmm. positive yeah. um be an and, example and so, of exact people who can see eye to eye people who are very different who can come together i mean you know what it makes me think about is a lot of you know as much as last week we had a lot of mary's reaching out about uh teaching us what a kitchen is we also there was a lot of discussion about the whole native american thing and and you know incorporating that into drag and one of the emails that we got um, I believe from Sarah, you know, she was saying that, or maybe it was Sister Mary Maya. It was one of the two. I mean, Maya. Yeah, we, can, we got a bunch of emails. So it's it's a great problem to have to not remember exactly who. Um, it's cool that a lot of people had thoughts thoughts about it. But this idea that, you know, like the whole thing about she-mail and things like that, like how we've evolved on that, you know, and, and how the show changed in response to that. And yet then there was something like, you know, Native American drag and like not kind of of being as evolved in that place as well. And I think it's, um, all of it just kind of makes me think about, or like what she was saying was that we're, like I, you know, like I understand this idea that like, and I might be mixing two different people's emails now, but I understand this idea of like queens like RuPaul and Lady Bunny who are like pushing those boundaries and saying, fuck all this, like none of it's real, like don't take any of it seriously, but we're also in a time of Sasha's and Katya's who are using drag to say something bigger and are using yeah. this platform to do what we need in 2017 like i don't know how much we need that old like you know smashing through the through the the you know the party lines and saying fuck all this you know this gender construct like there's a time and a place for that but i think specifically in the time we're in now there's probably more of a need for what sasha or katya does and i think this season well i think that they that. are well i do think that they are Smashing through the gender constructs, those two queens in particular. New ones, but maybe, though. maybe what? New ones. I think they're they're not treading the same ground that I think queens like RuPaul and Lady Bunny were doing. Oh, right, right. But and but I think to your point, like they were using Native American drag and you know different as, different cultural appropriations to to further you know uh, talking about gender and talking about the social constructs and how they're not real. But now I think. 
to to your point and to our emailers' points is that the conversation needs to be bigger, that there's other fish to fry mm -hmm. and that there's other forms of drag that we need to start exploring rather than going into kind of archaic, kind of almost minimizing and dusty pictures. Right. Yeah, because I think it's like there's that element of, you know, don't take any of this too seriously. And I, I appreciate that and I get that. And I think, you know, yes. there's a lot of value in that and it's a really refreshing reminder. But I think what comes with having this larger platform, which Drag Race does, is an opportunity to say something much more meaningful than don't take any of this too seriously. Um, and I think Sasha's doing that more than any of these other queens this season or most other seasons. There, there's absolutely no question. I mean, I think back to that one look where she had like the bird on her head mm -hmm. in the cage. Yeah. I And it just representing, you know, gender. And I, there was so much to her. I mean, every week, every week, the first runway when she had the painting. Yeah. I, I there was, oh God, she is, she's brilliant. And up until the last, you know, we'll talk about her on the runway. Mm -hmm. um, but even then, oh God. Okay. Anyway. Uh, so yeah, so Sasha, Sasha I, was great on great on the episode, and they couldn't, they really had to try hard to edit to the point where we noticed. Right, right, because like even when it came to choreography, which maybe they had the most material on. I mean, Sasha, and they were, they were. It was. I'm glad they included this line that she said, um, "It's just going to be a challenge that I want to rise to." Like, yeah, there you go. That sums right. it up. And right. we'll talk about it. She, she did, <laughs> she did. So we could talk about Trinity next. Yeah. Uh, you know, she got that bad edit um, in the recording studio as having low energy. But to be honest with you, I feel like that was just the first time she was reading through it for Todrick. Yeah. And then he was like, all right, yeah, take off that coat. We're going to need to do some work here. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, yeah. Like, that was just the first time she was reading through it. Yeah, Trinity's smarter than this. She, that's, she didn't think that was, like, performance worthy. She was just right. like, okay, here's what I got. Like, come right. on. And, you know, she messed up on the rhythm. He's like, wait, just tap your foot, get the rhythm, make the rhythm. What is it? Get that rhythm on fleek. I was like, okay, Todrick. Yeah, all right, maybe. Um, uh, I. It, again, very produced, very edited to to give us suspense. I appreciate them trying. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know what else they would have done. I guess, I guess what would you know? I'm trying to think like what would make this episode more entertaining for me. Um, you know, would yeah. it be that they had to do three looks? You know, or to have more looks? Would uh, another comedy challenge? You know, I don't know. I'm just trying to think of like the things that I love. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, because it makes me think about, like, some of that stuff from, like, season seven, for example, where, like, they filmed – or even season six. Like, they film all those clips, and then we never see those clips again. You know what I mean? Like, we never see right. what I – mean, there's nothing – never used. So it was at least nice to see, like, they put in all this work, and then you get to see the final product. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I think that, like, ultimately – I mean, we've talked about this before, and then we had emails. And I think, like, Sister Mary Jonathan, we talked about this, where, like – there is this kind of conflict of, like, let's be real. What makes Drag Race the most entertaining is when the fighting happens, you know? Like, there's just this pure sort of, you know, entertainment value of, like, watching people who are tired and, and you know, they're sleep-deprived, they're hungry, they're stressed, they, they're, they're under tons of pressure, and watching them just crack. And I know that's super Hunger Games, but, like, it's, it's just something we respond to. And Yeah, 
and I feel like RuPaul is making a huge statement. Her and her team are making a huge statement of saying, okay, there's enough of that outside. Let's mm-hmm. have this be something new. Let's have this be something different where we're watching ourselves fight ourselves. Because yeah. that is that is a more compelling, maybe not as entertaining, but a more compelling reason to tune in or a reason to get frustrated or question, why am I getting so frustrated that Nina is still on the show? Like You, you start to look at a mirror in a mm-hmm. sense. What's interesting is, and I agree, I think that's a really good point, is that this season what we saw was more internal conflicts than external conflicts. But um, it's interesting how the season that went the most mainstream had the least mainstream appeal in some ways. Right. You know? Right. Um, because I mean, you could also argue that there was a lot of mainstream appeal because the, the drag queens were othered by the social justice corner. We got to see how they were different, but how we could connect to them in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, there was there was Lady Gaga was on it. I mean, there was a, a sense of mainstreamness in in the editing, in that it was you know very obvious. Well, yeah, but I think in turn when I say mainstream, I guess I just mean that when we think about reality TV, like people just want drama and fighting. They want all the tears. Right. Yeah, in, I know in, in an episode of The Bachelorette or The Bachelor, you know, and uh, you know, I, and I think that when I think about Drag Race going mainstream, and I think about people discovering the show i think there's these preconceived notions and and i'm kind of happy to have them um challenged that like oh they're all just going to be a bunch of like nasty bitchy queens and they're all going to be cutthroat and like i know what this is going to be like i bet they're all super cunty and it's like and then they weren't and then they were like super evolved human beings and it's like oh i like people who come in thinking it's one thing and then it's that i could understand how they'd be like eh, it's not that entertaining but i also think that's a worthy sacrifice for people getting a, a more well-rounded perspective that these are like emotionally evolved uh human beings and not just like a bunch of bitchy drag queens yeah no i there's i completely agree i completely agree um and trinity is a perfect example of somebody who you thought was going to be like totally bitchy and like a total yeah. asshole and then she turned out to be the you know the babysitter the sassy babysitter that you know, let you stay up late, but then, you know, like yelled at you when there was a mess that she had to clean up. Right, right. Like if, like she would teach you the lessons you needed to learn, but she wasn't going to waste her time on bullshit that didn't matter. She's like, you want to stay yeah. and watch a show? What do I care? But like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're not going to drink. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that right. Trinity was such a I mean, when we talk about what each queen represents, I mean, Trinity, I think that she has redefined from now on from now on when we hear pageant queen, I think Trinity has redefined what that means in the same way that Alyssa Edwards redefined our understanding of pageant queen. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Alyssa Edwards had the X factor. Yeah. And she was, she came, well, what's interesting about Alyssa Edwards is she came in season five taking herself. I mean, she was like Valerie Cherish season one, taking herself really seriously. And then in all stars two, she's like, I get it. Oh, I'm a character. I get it. And it was this like totally new version, right. this, this cartoon character pa- uh, pageant girl, and like Barbara, please. Yeah, I mean, it was just fabulous. Where I think that Trinity is not a cartoon character; she's still very much a real person. But what she showed was that, like, oh, I can be, pa- I am a pageant girl, but I could actually do all of these other things. And then when she finally was pageant, which we'll talk about on the runway, it was like, oh, oh, okay. Okay, 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 oh, okay. 
<laughs> and you can uh, do this. <laughs> you know, I do have to say, uh, I did notice that Trinity only rapped eight bars. Oh, I yeah. All yeah, the other right. queens mm-hmm. rapped sixteen bars. The first eight bars were her kind of saying things mm-hmm. like plastic and whatever. I mean, amazing stuff what she was saying. Trinity, the you know Mother Tucker, uh, but it wasn't in rhythm, which I thought was interesting. And I wonder if that was a Todrick, uh, you know, a such a, a Todrick even Vaudelaure decision where they're like, okay, she's having trouble. Mm-hmm. Let's just let's give her eight bars of like, you know, nuanced sentences. Oh, you know? what was that word? Nuanced. Oh, excuse me. I'm so sorry, Barry. <laughs> So sorry. You know, we didn't say it once the last episode, so it it, it only deserves to be brought up more than once uh, this episode. <laughs> so thank you. Um, well, you know, uh, Todrick had said, and this was more about the choreography, but he had said, like, I want to kind of make like challenge you at your skill level. Like, I want to meet you where you are and then take you further. And I think that that was, he certainly applied that as well with with the rap challenge. It would make a lot of sense that like they maybe gave Trinity, you know some some training wheels or you know a little bit of bumper bowling if she just wasn't ha- if it wasn't happening so that it could happen as fast as it could yeah i mean because when yeah she was not rapping for those first eight bars no no um and i guess you know i i did feel like ultimately her performance in that final four while it was good it was certainly not the strongest of the four so um i mean that was my feeling i didn't hers was not yeah, my favorite i mean i loved the opening of her, of her, of her rap when she wasn't rapping. Like I loved that, and she looked that tuck. Yeah. I mean, RuPaul. They cut to the judges. Their mouths were agape. Yeah. I mean, it was. <laughs> oh, I mean, she. Yeah, like her. She was entrance, a spectacle. Uh, she was a spectacle. Yeah, but I mean, and it's again, it's nitpicking because it was a great performance. But if I'm gonna look at you know bits and pieces, I think that. Uh, it it wouldn't surprise me that she was maybe struggling because I could maybe yeah. see that yeah yeah no, absolutely absolutely uh, we should move on to peppermint and kind of yeah she was the focus it seems like this episode because she fucking killed it like she fucking killed it she did now I want to bring up a question and I'm and I'm asking this really to kind of start a conversation to welcome other Marys to kind of give their points of view I have my own thoughts on it but I just think it's it's worth discussing is Peppermint talked about and more than once she talked about it in the West the Tea interview she talked about it in Untucked but really um, ooh there's someone at my door hold on so uh, we, sorry about that <laughs> sorry about that folks you know this is you know, keeping it real you know even podcasters get groceries delivered um, but <laughs> um, so anyway uh, now that I've built up all the suspense of so this thing I want to talk about Peppermint I um she talks about in in the what's the tea interview she talked about in untucked but she says that you know so much about creating this dividing line between being a trans woman and being a drag queen and she mentions you know a well-known New York queen of course I'm like dying to know who it was who said you know I'll support you if you're transitioning but you're never going to work in the gay community again and so it just it, it just made me really curious what what the reasons are what is it that because there wasn't really like a deeper discussion of why, um, and maybe some of it's really obvious, but I just thought it'd be interesting to kind of talk about why that is the case, that her being an out trans queen would be completely unwelcomed. I mean, I don't know why. Um, I can only just guess based on what I've maybe read or heard or seen, but 
drag is men in dressed up as women. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to even Alaska's platform of bio queens, this idea of, you know, even why um, drag you failed because it was dressing women up in drag and people didn't get it. And they didn't get that drag is a performance of gender and it's not about your gender. God damn it. Yeah. Um, and so I feel like for a trans woman to be in drag, it's like, well, then you're a woman in drag. You're it's redundant. Hmm. And again, it, that it's messed up because it, that's not what drag is. At least it's not what it is now. Yeah. Well, and that was really kind of when I was thinking about it, I was wondering, like, I wonder if that if it's if it's a, a I think just really sort of pointing to like a really misogynistic point of view if it's more of a transphobic point of view if those two kind of dovetail and are yeah. really coming from the same place um, it was just it was an interesting perspective I guess because I it wasn't something that came naturally to me and and part of that is because of what Drag Race has done especially this season you know I really feel like I I got a really like I don't, I don't look at peppermint, and I'm not saying like, oh, I don't even, I, I, I cannot stand. And Michelle Visage has done it as much as I, the importance of Michelle Visage. She said it, and I cannot stand when people say things like, oh, well, I don't see race, I don't see gender. It's like, well, no, you can see it, you can appreciate it. Like, we don't have to like whitewash it. But I'm not saying I didn't see gender with peppermint, but I was able to have a prolonged exposure to a trans person on television and I was able to let go of just seeing them as a trans person and just get to know them as a person and just that experience I felt was just good to have I just felt like oh this is really nice that I just get to get to know Peppermint as just this person on TV and I don't have to constantly see her in the lens of oh but she's trans you know what I mean yeah you know there's a character on Survivor this past season Zeke mm -hmm. yep who was recently outed we talked about about him and I, it, that reminds me of, of what he said. And it was basically like, I wanted them to get to know Zeke, the survivor contestant, not Zeke, the trans survivor contestant, which totally makes sense. And, you know, in terms of peppermint, like we found out she was trans before the season started. I wonder how we would have viewed her differently. Had we found out, you know, later in the season. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because, I mean, I think there's, yeah, there's there's that element of, like, I'm glad that we didn't, you know what I mean? Like, I'm I'm glad that we knew up front. I, there's something about, I don't know, and I, I hadn't really thought about this now until you've mentioned it. Like, what if we didn't know, and then we found out, oh, Peppermint's actually a trans woman, and she's transitioned, and, um, like, there's a sort of, like, I'm so glad that didn't happen, because there's an element of spectacle to that that I think misses oh, the bigger Oh, fair. Point. That's fair. There was still spectacle, though, in the sense of her revealing it. But when they revealed it, it was done, you know, tactfully and and right. and, and kind of on her own terms. Yeah. I hope. I mean, I hope it wasn't like the producers poking her and being like, come on out to them. You got to tell them. You got to tell them about your, which parts you have. Come Ooh, on. Right, right. Like the producer tugging on Charlie's uh, exactly. robe, tears equal fans. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, hope it wasn't that. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess if it was that, I'm glad that I knew beforehand. But mm -hmm. um, I also think that, again, it's also none of my business. I mean, I will go back to that. Like it is absolutely none of my business. I'm going to judge and love Peppermint's drag whether no matter what part she has like it just doesn't matter 
Sure. I mean, in terms of as a contestant on Drag Race, like it doesn't influence how I feel about. Obviously, it matters in the world to many people, and I'm not trying to like trivialize it. But what I'm saying is that like, I it's none of my business. Like, it is only my business if Peppermint wants me to know. And so she made it our business before the season started. So. Yeah. What I also think that Peppermint recognizes, like. You know, because she's she's spoken out about it before she was on the show, and I think that she recognizes certainly that like this is an opportunity and a platform, like it, it it's available to to educate people and and to I don't know I just think it's this like fantastic opportunity, and while she doesn't have any sort of expectation or requirement to take it on, I think it says a lot that she's willing to, and and. You know, I mean, I again, I feel like I got an education. I don't speak for other people. Like, I'm so glad other simple-minded folks learned more about trans people. I'm like, right. no, I learned more. Like, I really appreciate that she did that because I needed this. Sure. So it, it was, well, um, and, you know, I think the more compelling question for me would be on Drag Race Season 10, would RuPaul and the producers cast, a, you know, a cisgender woman hmm. who I mean, does drag? It would be. <clears throat> I mean, I would. I would certainly welcome it. I, you know, I, I would welcome it. But would they be able to tell the same types of stories that are reaching the same young viewers that need to navigate their lives? I mean, Peppermint's story as a trans person is one that needs to be told. Is the story of a cisgender woman a story that needs to be told on Drag Race to these young viewers? That's a really good question because I think that there are. And we know this just from the, the, you know, sort of the demographics of people who've reached out to us. There are so many cisgender women who are fans of the show and are fans of, you know, this podcast and who are into drag and I think have found and I think it's a it's a really interesting story or an interesting perspective that a lot of and we talked about this, you know, when we talked about sort of misogyny and all that of like allied women you know, straight, you know, cisgender, whatever, uh, women, all these words, you guys know what I mean. I'm trying to be tiptoe here, but you know what I mean? Um, that much like Michelle Visage, it's like, well, they are a part of this community or they feel a part of this community. And I, I think that there is this challenge of figuring out how to be a part of this community while recognizing that you're not gay and you're not co-opting someone else's story, but there is a sense of, you know, being an ally and being a supporter and being, um, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, I think that, yeah. I, I think that they are, I, I, I think that that would speak to a large demographic of fans. This is what I'm trying to say. I think it would, and I think it would also alienate a large demographic of fans, right? Yes. There would be people that would be like, what the hell? Not that they're trying to define what drag is, but maybe they're kind of like, RuPaul, you're supposed to speak for us. Mm -hmm. And those us is are, are creating a binary between allies and them. And so anyway, I'm not making a decision either way. I obviously would love to see any type of drag expression um, on television. But uh, I, I think we should, you know, let, let our Mary speak uh, to, to both these questions, right? Yeah. Uh, to your question and to mine, uh, mine being that, uh, like, if there was a cisgender woman in drag on Drag Race, what would your reaction be? You know, would that be fair? Yeah, no, I think it's, it's a. I think both of those questions are there's there's a lot in common. So yeah, I'd be very interested to hear from our Marys once again. You can tweet at us, direct message us at All Right Mary on Twitter, or you can email us at All Right Mary Podcast at gmail.com. 
We'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Yeah. Uh, one final thing is that, you know, being trans, you're alienated in both communities. Yeah. So that to me, that's like numero uno, one of the hardships that Peppermint would have to face or probably did face uh, before coming on the show and maybe still after um, in the gay community is that they will look at her as trans. And there are gay people that just aren't into that and don't yeah. get that and are ignorant. Well, you know, and it's sort of on theme. And I, I bring this up just because it, it stood out to me and, and it also brings up the, the, the things I'm still navigating, you know, is, is during Untucked, there is, there's all this talk about going to like, you know, clearly like talking about going to Steamworks in Chicago. Like Shay's like, oh, Trinity, you know, come to Chicago. We'll go to the spa. And I'm like, oh, you're definitely talking about Steamworks, aren't you? Um, not that I've been there, but not that there's anything wrong with going there, but uh, moving on. So yes, moving on, moving Mary. On, I'm just, <laughs> you know, playing both cards, right? Step it in shit. Um, step it in shit. You know, whatever. You need a squatty potty. <laughs> yeah. I Listen, I went to Catholic school. Back off. I got a lot of deep-seated shame. So um, you got to learn it somewhere, right? You might as well learn it wearing a uniform. So I am. Oh um, <laughs> but when they were having that conversation, it was just uh, Sasha Shea and Trinity and Peppermint was off somewhere else. There was this, there was this weird sort of edit. And it could have just been in my mind, and it could have just been the the things that that it was making me feel of like peppermint kind of not being a part of that conversation and kind of like coming back at the end of it. And it just brings up, I guess, as I said, something that I'd be navigating is when you're having and like gay men, you know, having one of those sort of freewheeling sexual conversations. I don't know, and I I say this honestly, like I don't know how to navigate that with a trans person. And that moment brought that up for me. It was like, oh, if I were having this kind of like bathhouse conversation with, you know, kimchi sucking your dick and all that stuff with a bunch of other gay men and there was a trans woman there, I don't know how to navigate that and I don't want to... Does do it matter it. that it's a trans woman or that it's uh, just a woman? Well, I, I think because I've had those conversations with women, maybe it isn't any different and maybe that's I mean, because Colin, you know, speaking of Catholic shame, I mean, I don't know. I've had very open sexual conversations and talked about bathhouses with every gender. Um, you just talk about it. I think what I mean is like the shared experience. Um, I've ha uh, I have the same thing for me. I don't know. When, I don't. When I'm I not aware of that. I'm not. I guess I'm just not that. I don't care because I'm thinking about my experience. Well, I just yeah. I guess I'm. It's it's something I just kind of bring up again for other people to chime in on is. Um, is the answer that the conversation is no different whether it's a cisgender or a transgender woman in the conversation? Like, I, I'm willing to, like, bring out my own ignorance here because it's the only way to have these conversations is, like, if you're – because I just – I've had frank sexual conversations with gay men and frank sexual conversations with women, and they are still different because there is an element of that's yours – that's, like, that's your experience, this is my experience versus, oh, we've both had that same experience. You know exactly what I've experienced. And so it's different. And um, I'm just curious if that difference exists with there's a trans person in the conversation. I don't know. I'd love to learn more. All right. Um, should we talk about the runway? Sure. Let's talk about the runway. Uh, runway. Run, run, run. Run, 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 runway. run. Uh, yeah. I mean, before we talk about the gag-worthy, gasp-inducing five-minute rap challenge, I mean – Colin, we we could talk about that first. Actually, I would love to talk about that first. I mean, 
Sasha Velour crawling, pe- Peppermint and her her rap essentially just mm-hmm. being impeccable. Shay and the dancing, and then you had Trinity and that spectacular tuck. Yeah, it was it was so perfect. It was so strong. It was so strong. Yeah, that it, it made the runway so. It just it, it kind of just fizzled. Yeah, I mean the runway. You know, it makes me think about I think like season seven maybe, and maybe even I'm trying to think about season eight, but I know season seven, like. I remember it was like their best drag, you know, it was like the, they they were supposed to come out with like a real spectacle. And it was like, I don't remember. I mean, I think like Violet Trotsky, for example, it was like a corset and some pants and a top hat. And Michelle was like, really, is this really your best drag? And I had that same feeling about some of these looks. I mean, Peppermint's grew on me. Like there was sort of an opulence to it. I kind of understood. Anastasia. Yeah. 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 There was a there was a size and a grandeur to it that I thought, oh, okay, it makes sense. But it took me a little while to kind of get together with it, you know? Right, right. Um, Sasha's, I mean, we, you talked about it a little bit earlier, but yeah, it wasn't – knowing that what she can do visually can be so intriguing and so um, different and like – The Lady Gaga look. I mean, oh. Yeah, yeah. And I, I just like – to me, this didn't – I think she sold it about as much as you could. Like she performed the look really well. She did her Sasha on the runway was great, but I wasn't blown away by the look. It was very like Sunday church. You know what I mean? Right. A very right. specific kind of church, but Sunday church. Yeah. I mean, she never faltered from her, from her brand. So, I mean, I give her that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shay, I, it was the same kind of silhouette, right? Like yeah. she had the like bathing suit kind of thing on. She had that. It was an awesome corset. I mean, she looked great. She, she looked great. great. She always looks great. It was a great version of something we've seen. Blue hair. Season. Yeah, exactly. She's wearing Beku Lay's wig. All right, man. Yeah, yeah. Oh. All right. Yeah. Hey, she's I'll... like, this is how you wear it. <laughs> <laughs> I could do it. Yeah. No kitchen. No kitchen. Not a single kitchen. No, no. Not even a little <laughs> dally kitchen. Not even like a mini fridge in the corner. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all of a sudden, she knows what a kitchen is, and she's just riffing on it. You know. <laughs> It's like we knew all along. Yeah, right. Um, oh, sure. Um, uh, the best, the the best look by far was Trinity's. I mean, with uh, the bedhead, bus you hair, know, waking up on the bus. Yeah. Bus hair. Um, back chains. Okay, Mary. Oh my God. Um, that, <laughs> that that walk, that walk. Yeah. Was everything. I mean, it was elegant. It was extravagant. It was. Yeah, I just kept wagging. Oh yeah. my God, it was gorgeous. I mean, it was really, you know, what what I loved about it the most was that, and I sort of said this before, was that we knew going in that Trinity was a big pageant girl, and yet she didn't give us, as far as I can remember, she didn't give us any, like, traditional pageant gown looks until the finale, and she, by saving it, and again, we talk about not saving looks, but I'm sure she had a whole bunch, I'm sure she had a whole rack of shit. Whole rack of shit. (laughs) Uh, I'm sure she had all kinds, but like, to... To save this look, I mean, it was perfect. It was the perfect – I mean, when you look at – because what I'd be really interested in is really kind of at some point kind of looking back at, like, the runways of these girls, you know? And, like, Trinity's runway – I mean, in terms of versatility, in terms of, like, nuance, 
in terms of who she was each I had to shoehorn it in there in terms of who she was each runway it was so different and then to finally get classic pageant gown at the end was just the perfect finale look was perfect yeah I oh god she was she stole that runway. And yeah. you know what? Because of that runway, it looks like Sasha would have gone home. If they were basing it on that runway, yes. I and would... the challenge, you know, and everything. It was because Shay and Peppermint Slate. Yep. Yeah. If it was just based on this challenge, I mean, I guess that's worth thinking about. If it was just based on this challenge, I like, I mean, who won this challenge? Did Peppermint win this challenge? Um, it was between Shay and, and Peppermint. I, Peppermint only because she rose to the fucking challenge and showed what she could do. Yeah. Um, you know, Shay danced and rapped really well and looked great. Peppermint had a pretty weak look in the sense of, oh, I don't know. Sasha had, Sasha had the weakest look, Colin. So, I mean, I, while I love Sasha's rap, you know, she wasn't the best dancer. She got all the steps, but, you know... It was at her level. Mm-hmm. It's hard for me. It's hard for me to, you know, to say it was Sasha. But in in terms of everything, it was Sasha that I think underperformed the most. Well, I was I was worried for only about ninety seconds of like, oh my god, what if Sasha doesn't make it to the top three? Because like, mm-hmm. if we're looking at track records, all of her wins, her two wins were shared with Shay. Um, I mean, I don't know, like I. I, there just seemed to be a moment there where I mean I kind of always knew Shay was going to get to the you know to the the finale, but there was like a moment there for Sasha Trinity and Peppermint where I was like I don't know about though what if she goes what if it's because of this, um, as much as it was like any one of them it, I felt like any one of them they probably could have found a reason to send home, but all of them would have been really disappointing like I. I would have been really sorry to see any of them go at this point, you know? Even if, even though Peppermint felt kind of like an obvious one to go home this episode, um, it would have also felt really strange after how well she did this episode, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I, any of them going home, it would have felt really strange. So yeah. it, you know, it, it's kind of like, okay, good. Right. Good, make it a top four, good. I mean, it was kind of anticlimactic, kind of predictable, in that sense, but it was kind of like, okay, good. Yeah, they're all great. You know, we have these four different types. And, you know, moving on into our recap, like, you know, they they got, you know, read by the judges. We heard them speak to their their children, which are their pictures of themselves when they were children, which I'll go back to in a little bit. But, you know, then they do this lip sync that was, you know, half-assed in the sense of editing. Yeah. And kind of a throwaway, a RuPaul song. And then, uh, you know, they're all safe. Um the most compelling part of of that whole runway was when they got to speak and look at pictures of themselves when they were when they were children. Um, and to me, this again is like why RuPaul has this fucking show, mm-hmm. right? So you get to hear, and you know she thanks them from the bottom of her heart after they speak because RuPaul knows that the words that these drag queens are saying, they're not just saying it to themselves; they're saying it to the audience, right? They're, yeah, they're saying. Despite what you hear from other people, everything you feel inside is right. Don't wait to express it. Stop running from your quirks and things you hate about yourself. Those are the things that make you amazing. I can't protect you from hardships, but those things are what make you the individual you are today. Like, those are things that RuPaul wants to tell 
all of the very sad, scared, hurt young boys, girls, everything in between that are watching this show. Yeah. And it, it's beautiful to watch. I mean, as much as we kind of cringe when there's tears on the runway and some of us cry when there's tears on the runway and we want to like keep things jovial and happy and funny, there's a reality of the world out there that people need to hear this. People need to see this. And while it's not fun to watch people cry at a bar while you're having drinks, you know, not everybody's watching it at a bar. Some people are watching it under the covers in their attic so that their parents don't see. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think that um, I love Tears on the Runway. I love this, you know, talking to your childhood photo thing. I know some people knock it, you know, because it's just there's this some people feel like it's a little heavy handed and it makes people think of like season seven when like Rue just wanted Pearl to talk about what happened to her when she was a kid and she just wasn't going to do it. And that's there. But I think that, you know, I didn't feel that way with this season. I think to your point, each queen was saying something that was important for people watching to hear. Um, what really stood out to me, um, I really liked the way that when Shay was kind of talking to her, you know, childhood photo, there was this sense of we, we got through this together. Um, I didn't, I didn't believe that we could do this, but you did. And that, I mean, what this, it's so in line with season nine. Um, it's so in line with season nine. Um, this, real emotional intelligence because like what Shay was presenting there was the only way to heal a painful childhood is self-parenting it is the only way no one else is going to save you nothing else is going to make you feel better no one's going to swoop in at some point you have to show up and be the adult with the child and no longer be the child and that shit is deep that shit is so important no one in reality tv is doing that and you can't shove that down people's throats but to show shay demonstrating that on the runway is so important and so powerful oh it's so important it's so important so I, you know, and I, I also, Michelle was, I mean, she was really keen to do that whole Wizard of Oz. And I give you charisma and I give you uniqueness. Like she was like, I have a thing. I'm doing it. Can you just let me do my thing? I've got four queens and four letters. And I mean, uh, shut up. Okay, it's, I mean, whatever. I, I was know. like, okay, what are we trying to do here? I was sweet. It was cute. It was like, you know, sixth grade acrostics. Like it was right. okay. Right. Yeah, exactly. It was like, all right, Michelle, good work. I mean, it was better than your she should be called the postman of drag joke later, which <laughs> was, I was like, oh, come on, somebody's dad. Really? With with this? Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> uh, well, are, are we missing anything? I mean, we we kind of touched on Untucked. You know, I had I it was hard for me to even get through Untucked. At, at some point, I just kind of walked away from the computer and started cleaning my apartment. Yeah. But um yeah, it was uh, it just, you know, it was a celebration. It was a victory, a victory walk. It was all I love you. It was like the last day of camp and there was nothing furthering mm -hmm. my knowledge. And I was, you know, OK, they filmed this uh, the, the whole um, they did the whole runway kind of uh, right. walks, which was cute. It was I, I think they just ran out of material. Well, yeah, I mean, like, the, there was nothing to fight about. There was nothing more to do. There was, like, it's over. Like, it's done. Like, yeah, they're yeah. about it, to get out of I don't think they even knew how to do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, I mean, it's – I think the one thing that I, I did think was interesting um, about Untucked was really – and it wasn't anything major. It was just, like, watching them all pack up at the end. I was like, wow, 
you guys all just went through like the hardest fucking thing like in your careers like it's just very interesting to watch it's like watching makes me think of the poseidon adventure when you watch the survivors getting lifted out of the boat in the end spoiler alert and it was like (laughs) oh they made it like oh my god look what you just made it through you know yeah yeah and it was just i don't know i I just think you you know watching the show and knowing how hard it is or having some sense of how hard it is from how the queens talk about it there was something I was so relieved for all of them <laughs> you know what I mean to have right. like they got through she got through she know? got through she <laughs> got through. and then at the same time this is just the beginning you know what right. I mean there's that right. too of like oh it's actually just started and now we have like a year of not telling anybody anything. You know what I mean? Oh, God, right? Oh, my God. <laughs> and then we still uh. have to find out who's going to win. I mean, it's like, it, it's just... Uh, when but we... how exciting is that? Like, oh, my God, my career, my life, I have to, like, get my life ready for this explosion that's about to happen. Yeah, and, like, I know, like, the announcement's going to come, and, like, you know, like, the rumors are floating, all like, Peppermint, she's going to go home first, and Peppermint's like, uh-huh, all right, yeah. Hey, Mary. Like, oh, Trinity, she's just riff-raff. It's like, okay, all right. All right, well, Mary. Yeah, we'll see what those three wins have to say about that. All right, Mary? Exactly. Um, so there's, you know, there's our, there's our drag race season. Um, yeah. Next week is a recap episode and then the finale the week after. Is that the schedule? That is the schedule. So we'll have to figure out what we're doing next week. But, um, if you have any thoughts on who's going to win, we want to know, uh, is it going to be a tie? Is it going to be one person? Do you want to know about the spoilers that Colin talked about? You can email us at allrightmarypodcast at gmail.com, or you can reach out to us on Twitter at allrightmary. And, of course, you could always head over to iTunes, and if you like what you're listening to, preferably if you like what you're listening to, if you want to leave us a five-star review and a rating, it would be more than welcome. Let other people know that this is a podcast of the many Drag Race podcasts that is worth people's time and energy every week. We would love mm-hmm. that. So I have a last chance lip sync. Oh, good. That- I was uh, introduced to very late in the game. I don't know why it took me over a year to find out about this fucking song. Uh, But I was uh, hanging out with a a very good friend of mine who showed it to me. It is uh, Phone by Lizzo. And if you don't know this song, Mary, this is the one to lip sync to while you're walking down the street. Uh, So I hope you all enjoy Phone by Lizzo. And until uh, next week, I think all that's left to say is uh, bye. Bye. Where the hell my phone? Where the hell my phone? Where the hell my? Where the hell my phone? Huh? How I'm supposed to get home? Okay, two fifteen and the lights come on. <laughs> where my phone? Looking around like where my phone?